you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. And you're listening to Wednesdays with Will. And I'm Will Addison. I'm glad that you're listening to me today. I have a lot I want to talk about. I have some clips I want to play. Uh, just something that really caught my attention and, man, was very egregious to me. Um, so we're going to get into that. But just a, a couple announcements first. You can email us at addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net. So if there's a comment that you would like to make, uh, you're not able to get through on the phone lines, you can email us, addisons at AFR.net. Also, follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. You search Airing the Addisons. Uh, you can watch the broadcast live if you would like to do that. And also, the MFL uh, Conference, Marriage Family Life Conference for 2023, the dates are set July 6th to the 8th. So mark your calendars, um, and we'll let you know when the registration opens and everything like that. But mark your calendars, take off so you can be there. We are planning now. Uh, God is just bringing things together. So please, please, all my intercessors out there, those who believe in the power of prayer and pray, please pray for us as we plan. Pray for us as we plan. Uh, we believe, we're believing that God is going to do some great things at the Marriage Family Life Conference he always meets us there. And so I'm expecting the same thing uh, this go around as well. You know, I'm expecting that uh, uh, lives will be ministered to, that uh, families will be ministered to, that God will do some significant things uh, in our midst. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm expecting it. I'm expecting it. We should expect God to move in a powerful way. And so um, make sure you put that on your calendars, Marriage, Family, Life Conference. If you've never been before and you you're like, man, I, I would love to go. Well, I'm giving you an advance notice that July 6th to the 8th, uh, 2023, will be down here in Tupelo, Mississippi at the Cadence Bank Arena, formerly Bancorp South Arena, and it's going to be a great time. So please mark your, your calendars and uh, plan to be there. Plan to bring your whole family. You know, you can even tell a friend, let them know as well, you know, uh, but plan to, to, to bring your family. And again, uh, I will let you know more details about registration and all that kind of stuff. We're working behind the scenes, and we just really believe that God is going to um, show up big time. Uh, the theme for this conference for um, 2023 is for his glory alone, for his glory alone. So praise God for that. All right. Today, I'm going to be speaking uh, about some current issues, things that's happening right now. We know that we have uh, elections coming up soon. Uh, midterms next week. So we know that this is going on. There's a lot of talk about that. But I want to talk about when shepherds and prophets deceive. When shepherds and prophets deceive. So in my mind and in my heart, the church has to bear much of the responsibility of where our nation is morally. I think it goes back to the church, the people of God. It is the church, the minister of God, 
the leader within our fellowships who have been tasked uh, with the duty of feeding the Lord's sheep. So pastors, teachers, prophets, leaders, those with voices that speak on behalf of God have turned into those who deceive the people, whether it be because of financial gain, uh, because of acceptance in the world, wanting to have some certain type of status within this world, uh, because of fear of man uh, within a godless culture, or just flat-out idolatry. There have been lots of shepherds and prophets and leaders that have turned, even this, this political season, to deceive the people that they're supposed to be serving. And it's egregious. So how do we get to the place where we are in this country morally? How do we get here? I believe we have to look and fix our attention on the church. When I say the church, I mean the body of believers within this country. Uh, It's not the politicians uh, that is the moral compass for our nation. Because most politicians, not all, but most politicians, they wet their finger, throw it in the air, and see which way the wind is blowing. And that's the way that they usually go. So it's not up to them uh, to be the bearers of the, the moral compass and, and to uh, be able to, to, to shape what's going on culturally by, by uh, uh, God's standard and to speak on behalf of God. It's not the politicians, and it will never be. Although we know that the people that we place in position uh, is important. We have to have a biblical worldview within the church so that we're able to distinguish between who's the right person, who's the wrong person. But because the biblical worldview has suffered so much and has not been taught in the churches like it should, man, we have people who don't really know what leadership is supposed to look like. It's amazing, too, even the term biblical worldview. It seems like when you're talking about the church, that should be a given that that would be a biblical worldview. But, man, it's not. (laughs) It's amazing that that is a thing. Biblical worldview conferences and biblical worldview uh, teachings because there's a lack of a biblical worldview and understanding how we are to live in this world, you know, in a mindset we should have as Christians. That should be a given amongst the people of God that we have a biblical worldview. Why? Because we stand upon the word of God. We rely on a straight edge of scripture. But that's the thing, biblical worldview. But because we don't have that, when it comes down to time to vote and all that kind of stuff, man, people don't know. They're just operating maybe on feelings, on emotion, on what the rhetoric is in the commercials and all that stuff, but not on what the word of God says. So we have to look at the church when we talk about these things, right? So the moral compass is not for the politician to hold in his hand, but it's the church. It's not our economy that we rest upon, or even our ingenuity being able to pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, none of that. We are in this position because the church, the people of God, and specifically the leadership within our churches have not had a biblical worldview. We've read the studies, the Barna studies. Pastors, there's pastors with, you know, not don't have a, a biblical worldview. A great number. So if they don't have a biblical worldview, and then, man, the youth pastor is way under that. If they don't have the, the biblical worldview, why do, we, why do we think we're seeing what we're seeing in our culture as, as we talk about the children? They're not going to get it from school. They're not getting it at home, sadly enough. And at church, there's no biblical worldview. 
And if they're spending their, a, a lot of their times with the youth department, a lot of them don't have a biblical worldview. Not, I'm not talking about all. I'm talking about a, a good number, though. So what hope is there <laughs> when you look at it that way? But we have to be the church. So we have to have the biblical worldview, right? We have to, in our leadership, in our, our pastors, in our leaders, we should be teaching how we live in this world from a biblical perspective. So we have not taught what the Bible says concerning life and practice within this world. We have not set up adequate discipleship structures within the church to help the church function biblically and have given over our authority and our voice to the world and its systems. We've given, given our voice over to the world. We feel like they're more qualified to speak when we have the truth of the scriptures on our side. It's, it's, it's egregious. So like I said, I know midterm elections are, are next week, and there's a lot of talk about what's going to happen. But I want to look today specifically at uh, one city, one state, as an object lesson on when shepherds and prophets deceive. When shepherds and prophets deceive. So this show is not meant to, to, to be at all political in nature, but to look at professing Christians, specifically leaders in churches with influence over many people and how they are deceiving their congregations and steering them uh, to their own demise. Whether the, the shepherd is supposed to be tending to the sheep, feeding the sheep, giving the, the word of God to the sheep, they are pushing things and agendas within the churches that are detrimental to the very people that they're supposed to be serving. So today I want to look at Georgia, the state of Georgia, and also I want to look at the city of Atlanta. I want to look at Georgia and I want to look at the, the city of Atlanta because those are big players within these elections coming up. But I want to, again, our topic is not necessarily politics. It's shepherds and prophets deceiving. So as with a lot of states, the way that uh, the major city within those states go, that's usually how the state go. And there's been a lot of focus on elections in Georgia, specifically Atlanta, uh, where you have a, a governor's race in Georgia um, between Georgia's incumbent, Brian Kemp, and then you have um, the senator race. You have, Sen you, you have, uh, no, you have Brian Kemp, and then you have Senator um, Stacey Abrams. She's running for governor. But then... In Atlanta, you have Herschel Walker running for Senate. Then you have Senator Raphael Warnock. So I want to look at, at, at these races. And again, because Raphael Warnock, he is a pastor. <laughs> He's a reverend. And I know what people say. Oh, that's not, you know, the, believing the things he believes. He's not a real pastor. A real pastor wouldn't. Okay, I agree with that. But we can't use that to dismiss our duties as watchmen to sound the alarm on what these people are doing. So he says he's a pastor. You know, I think about the prophet Jeremiah, even Isaiah. We're going to look at some scriptures there. When they talked about the prophets who were being false prophets and deceiving and the shepherds, they didn't say, oh, we, we, you know, I'm not really worried about them because they're false prophets. No, they declare what the Lord said about those false prophets and those shepherds and the rat that was coming upon them because the people needed to know. The people need to, needed to know. If you look in Jeremiah, if you look in, in Isaiah, you will see 
that they spoke about false prophets, those ones who were leading the people astray. That's a big reason why God allowed Babylon to take over Judah, to bring them into captivity. The leaders, the, 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 the spiritual voices within Judah had become corrupt. And so we're going to talk about it, man. This stuff is egregious. And I'm going to play some clips today, you know. And I, the point that I want to make is we are where we are largely because of the church. And this is just a snapshot. I know this is not everywhere. And I'm not saying that everywhere in Georgia or even Atlanta, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the pastors are doing this. But there is a, a, a high percentage. And the, the, the different churches I'm going to be looking at today, they, they are considered to be mega churches. There's a lot of people in those churches, all right? And they are having a lot of influence on people, and it's sad. So I just want to talk about Atlanta just for a minute. So according to the most recent uh, demographics, as far as black or African-American, it's 49.79%. White is 40.42%. Asian, 4.80%. Two or more races, 3.18%. Other race. 1.40. So clearly, the demographic in Atlanta, Georgia, black or African American is the highest. Okay? Next is white with 40.42%. Uh, Native Americans, 0.38%. Then Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander is 0.04%. So Atlanta is a city located in De- DeKalb County in Fulton. Uh, county, Georgia, right? It is also the county seat of Fulton County with a 2020 population of 514,457. It is the largest city in Georgia. It is the largest city in Georgia and the 37th largest city in the United States. Atlanta is currently growing at a rate of 1.55% annually and its population has increased by 3.16% since the most recent census which recorded a population of 498,715 in 2020, spanning over 137 miles. Atlanta has a population density of 3,790 people per square mile. Just giving you a little background on what we're talking about here. So that's Atlanta. Look, we're going to talk about when shepherds and prophets deceive. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, and I'll be back right after this. For the most high, feeling like I won't die. Before I get to meet him, I'ma see him crack the whole sky. Everything he teaching me, I'm speaking through the flow now. And it's even sweeter than before now. Got me yelling God over my name. Christ over fame, be the same. Me before they added lights to my name. Fame make you not realize you a slave. Be obedient, your master, and I see your chains. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. This is Wednesdays with Will, and I'm Will Addison, and today we're talking about when shepherds and prophets deceive. And before the break, I went ahead and I was talking about Atlanta and giving just some of the demographics there, because we're going to look at Atlanta, but we're going to also look at uh, the state of, of Georgia and the races that are happening there, but uh, not necessarily for political reasons, although that's a uh, part of it, but man, mainly to see 
you know, when shepherds and prophets deceive. And so we established that in Atlanta, um, the demographics there, black and African-American, 49.79%, white, 40.42%, Asian, 4.80%, two or more racist, 3.18%, and then there's uh, all of the rest. And I was talking about where Atlanta was and the county that uh, is located in. Um, but also, Atlanta is home. Now, listen to this. Atlanta is home to one of the highest LGBT populations per capita, uh, which is 19th among major U.S. metropolitan areas. An estimated 4.2% of Atlanta's metro population is gay, lesbian, or bisexual. Now, we're going to want to keep that in mind because we're going to talk about the church, specifically uh, in Atlanta. And again, I will say I'm not talking about every church, church, but I'm talking about particular ones that have a lot of influence and a lot of people are going there, and we're going to talk about it. In the state of Georgia, demographics are uh, 57.25 white, uh, black or African-American, 31.57%, Asian, 4.13%, two or more races, 374 But again, we know as the major cities uh, within the state go, this is usually a sign of how the state itself go. And so what I want to do, I want to play you guys some clips, and I just want to make the point here uh, of what I'm talking about. See, because we have, again, established that the church is to be the moral compass, compass of, uh, of the nation, like the people of God. Like we don't rely on politicians to do that for us. We don't rely on, you know, business people, whatever. We have been given the commandments of God. We have been given the, the, the standard of God. We should uphold that standard everywhere we go. We are called to be salt and light. So is us. But I want to play a, a, a few clips here. And this is pertaining to what's going on in, um, in Georgia and in Atlanta. First clip you will hear is Senator uh, Stacey Abrams, who's um, running for governor of Georgia, in a debate that she was having with the current Georgia uh, um, governor, um, Kemp, Brian Kemp. But I just want you to listen to some of the things that she said, and I want to make a point after that. With uh, The question for you was, while polls show a majority of Georgians do support um, access to abortion, abortion rights, most also support some limits on it. What limits would you be okay with if you were governor? Absolutely. As I have said, abortion is a medical choice. And as such, it should be that a woman has the ability to make a decision until viability. And that decision about viability should not impact her life or her health. That is a decision that should be made between a doctor and a woman as a medical choice. I said that on Fox, I said that on CNN, I said it on The View, I said it to Teen Vogue, I said it to Elle magazine. I think anywhere you look, I've said it again and again, and it is willful ignorance or misleading lies that change what I've said. But what I've also always said is that there should not be arbitrary timelines set by men who do not understand biology. This is a law that tells women they have to make a decision about their pregnancy before they know they're pregnant. And in a state with 82 counties without an OBGYN, in a state where women are denied health care, when one out of every five women does not have access 
to medical insurance. It is a terribly dangerous position to put women in. And it is a position this governor will only put women in because he defends Herschel Walker, but will not defend the women of Georgia. Well, I, I would just say, for the record, you can go check this as well. Uh, there was a female state senator that actually carried this piece of legislation. So there were a lot of women that supported this bill. I understand people differ greatly on it. Again, Ms. Abrams failed to an answer the question that was asked of her. All right. So you have Stacey Abrams ask, ask the question. She did fail to answer. So to me, it seems like she would feel like that a, a woman shouldn't be able to get an abortion at any state in, in, of the pregnancy. You know, like that, of course, already she she's for abor abortion. And so let's just talk about that issue of abortion. This should be an issue as Christians, right, that we are settled on, that life <laughs> is precious, that we don't have the right to take life, that those babies in the womb, they're alive, it's not a clump of cells. In the church, we should be universal on this, but there are so many, as you would say, nuances and things that, man, but life is life. And so, and in the church, when it comes to this issue, it should be something that we're settled on. We should see somebody like Stacey Abrams. Let's just say this one issue. And we're going to talk about this one issue throughout, on this one issue. So she's pro-abortion. That should be a no-no, biblically speaking, for believers. We don't vote for that. We don't vote for that. It's not that hard. But, man, in the time that we're living in, because we don't have a biblical worldview, because our shepherds and our prophets and our leaders, you know, are deceiving, we have scores of people that would vote for a person like this even though they are outwardly supporting abortion, killing babies. And you talk about is egregious in the black community. Man, it was all set up that we could be exterminated. And you have people who are promoting this stuff, standing on it, fighting for it. They're upset that Roe was overturned. Man, and, and but then you have churches that will back these types of people. That is sad. So I want to play a clip from Creflo Dollar. And y'all say, oh, Creflo Dollar, well, you know. Look, I don't care. This guy needs to be called out. This is, this is a professing believer, shepherd. People, you know, people are going to his church, a big church. And these, this is the type of thing that, that, that he does in his service. Now, we already established that someone like Stacey Abrams, as a believer, I don't see any way you can you can play it that say that we should vote for something like this. Just on this one issue, on that one issue, which is a big issue. But here's Creflo. Thank you so much for being here. Right before you take your seat, I, I just want to say this because I want to see how it sounds. Uh, Governor Stacey Abrams just walked in. <laughs> already know what to do, right? How many of you have already done it? Wow. That's big time. Make it happen. Do what you got to do and 
and we're honored to have you here with us this morning. Amen. Look, <laughs> that's sad. Instead of correcting her and being like, oh, oh, she came to church? Man, I need to have a conversation with her because she is for killing our babies. No, he's like, well, let me see how it sounds. I, I want to do something here. We have Governor Stacey Abrams. And you hear the applause from the people? That's sad, y'all. That's sad. I'm just talking about this one issue that we as Christians should be across the board on, the life issue. But you have, and this is a big church. It's a big, it's a, it, it would be considered a mega church, a big church in Atlanta. And all these people, woo, yeah, yeah. But we heard in the debate, well, she's like, man, basically you can kill a baby up to whenever. Like, I don't, you know, I don't have a time. I'm for abortion and whenever. But then she's in the church and the shepherd is not going to like want to have some words with her. Like I would not, I'll be happy that she was in the church, but I wouldn't acknowledge her like that and give her props and ooh, I would want to have a conversation with her. Can we talk afterwards? Because that's something that's problematic that you're doing. That's just one thing. And best believe these people are for homosexual marriage and all that other stuff. But this one issue, but you have these, the crowd screaming, oh, yeah. It's sad. It's sad. All right, have another clip. This right here is Raphael Warnock, okay? Now, he is uh, the senator. He's running again. And this is from a debate that he was doing with Herschel Walker, who's running against him. And they were talking about the abortion issue. And he's a pastor. He is a pastor. And they were talking about the abortion issue. And I'll just let, it, let you hear for yourself. You probably heard these clips. I don't know. But if you haven't, this stuff is egregious. We're talking about when the prophets and the shepherds deceive. Remember, he's a pastor. Here we go. Walker, Senator Warnock, you've said repeatedly that the exam room is too small for the patient, her doctor, and the U.S. government. We're asking you to take a clear position right now. Do you believe there should be any limitations on abortion set by the government? And you have 60 seconds. I think that the women of this country and the women of this state woke up one summer morning and a core protection that they've known for 50 years was taken from them by an extremist Supreme Court. And I stand where I, I've said I've stand in the past, that a patient's room is too narrow and small and cramped a space for a woman, her doctor, and the United States government. We are witnessing right now what happens when politicians, most of, most of them men, pile into patients' rooms. You get what you're seeing right now. And the women of Georgia, the women of Georgia deserves a senator who will stand with them. I trust women more than I trust politicians. All right, there you, you, you heard it. He is a pastor, <laughs> Reverend Raphael Warnock. Now, again, I hear what you're saying. Oh, he's not a real pastor. Okay, that's fine. I agree. But what I'm saying here, there are a lot of people that are being influenced by these people. Okay? And this is egregious. The watchmen should be crying out. The watchmen should be crying out. There should be tons of uh, uh, Jeremiah's and Isaiah's speaking out and saying, look, this is the reason why we are where we are. But I want to play, you know, Herschel Walker's response. And again, this is not 
I'm not playing these things to politically say something. What I'm saying is you have the people who are supposed to be shepherds and pastors and preachers don't have a biblical worldview. So the people don't have a biblical worldview. And they're spouting these things. They're, they're bringing the people to their demise. Where the watchmen? Well, I'm here right now saying that these men are charlatans. They are not acting on behalf of God. They may say that they're pastors, but man, they're in, they're in total error. And they're leading people astray. But here's Herschel Walker. Fine. Very quickly, Mr. Walker. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is, and I heard about him. That I heard he was, he was, he was a neat talker. But did he not mention that there was a baby in that room as well? And also, did he not mention that he asking that he asking the taxpayer to pay for it? So he's bringing the government back into the room. So he's not talking about that. So when he mentioned that, it's like I've not seen too many pastors. That would say that statement. Herschel Walker said, I have not seen too many pastors that would say that statement. Unfortunately, there are whole denominations of pastors that believe like Raphael Warnock. Okay? But it's sad. It should be something that is like out an outrage. Christians across Atlanta and Georgia should be turning their backs on candidates like Raphael Warnock. But what you have is not that happening. You have, you know, people like, oh, they're, they're trying to protect women and because they don't understand, biblically speaking, what God requires. This is the job of the church. But I want to go ahead and I'm going to play a, a few more clips of this exchange be- between uh, Warnock and Herschel Walker. Here's Warnock again. I am a pastor. I'm a man of faith. And I have a profound reverence for life and a deep respect for choice. And because I have such a profound reverence for life, it's one of the reasons why I've stood up to address this issue of maternal mortality in our country. We lead all of the Western nations on that front, and black women are three to four times more likely to die even when they have the insurance and the income. Now, that's something government could actually do something about. And I joined with Marco Rubio of Florida to pass a bill to address maternal mortality. The women of Georgia have a clear choice as we're watching women die. Do you want a senator who wants to control your life or do you want a senator who wants to save your life? Well, I want to save your life. Okay, so <laughs> so he turned it to like mortality of, of women dying, you know, giving birth. So there's no way to fix that but to support abortion? Like, so he, he mentioned a bill that he signed with Marco Rubio. I'm sure Marco Rubio wasn't like for saying, yes, let's have abortions. But this is the pastor, though. Man, I, you know, I would expect more of him than even Marco Rubio. But here he is trying to turn in and say, I, I, you know, I care about women. I, you know, I, come on, man. His church, whatever denomination and all that kind of stuff should be, he should be like excommunicated. But the, the sad part is they believe it too. Whole denominations are riding with people like this. <laughs> the watchmen, they're blind. Isaiah said that they are like dumb dogs. They're slumbering. Come on now. This should be easy for the believer. That should be this should be easy. These people believe this? Well, I know what the Bible says about this, so I can't rock with him. Man.
It should be easy. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be back right after this. about to wind me up. Isaiah 56, verse 10. His watchmen are what? They're, they're what? His watchmen, his, his watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They're all what? King James says dumb dogs. My Bible says they cannot bark. They're sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs which can never have enough, and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone after his own game from his own quarter. Come, you say they, I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink tomorrow. So be as this day and much more abundant. In other words, we're prospering today, we're going to prosper more tomorrow. Every day's the same, and it's going to get better the way we're going. But look what it says here. His watchmen are blind, they're ignorant, they're dumb dogs. They cannot bark anymore. Listen to me. Look me right in the eye now. God has called me as a preacher of the gospel and his watchmen to bark in the house of God. And I'm barking tonight. tonight. I'm a kickstand. In the face of death, I make a big stand. Gotta keep the kingdom. No compromise, no why. I'm a kickstand. In the face of death, I make a big stand. Gotta keep it kingdom. No compromise, no wild. But what's funny, man, I, have to, Mr. I have to respond to this. Very quick. Because he told me black lives matter. And if you think about it, Senator, in Atlanta, Georgia, there's more black baby that is aborted than, uh, than anything. So if black lives matter, why are you not protecting those babies? And instead of aborting those babies, why are you not baptizing those babies? Mmm. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will, when shepherds and prophets deceive. And so the voice that you heard there was Herschel Walker coming back at Raphael Warnock saying, man, you should be baptizing babies, not going, you know, in support of killing them. You said black lives matter, you know, but abortion is killing us. You know, and right before that, Raphael Warnock said, you know, I am a pastor. I am, you know, a man of God. I'm this and that. And I care for the life of the mother. And so I've Signed this bill with Marco Rubio on mortality. And, man, come on, man. That's no excuse. If you are a pastor, I'm assuming you should know the word of God (laughs) and where God stands on life. And that's just an assumption because a lot of these guys don't know. Or they suppress the truth, as it says in Romans chapter 1. They suppress the truth. We're going to continue on. And, and and look, I'm just pointing out this one issue, abortion. So you heard uh, Stacey Abrams. Then you heard Creflo Dollar and his church, all oh, Governor Abrams. And then you heard Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. I have another clip from um, from Warnock. And, and, and this is this is one. Please listen to this, because the moderator goes in and 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 ask him a question about something that he said at a rally and he he gives him a, a pointed question one as a pastor that he should be able to answer well let's see what he says a follow-up question for you senator warnock 
uh, we ask that you take a listen to something that you said at a rally just a couple of weeks ago. So women, I trust women in their wisdom and their ability to sit with their own doctor. Yes, right. And if they choose to sit with their pastor. And to pray about that and let their own conscience guide them. Even God gave us a choice. Even God gave us a choice. Can you clarify what you meant by that? You have 30 seconds. Oh, I, th I think it's, it's, it's self-explanatory. God gave us a choice. And I respect uh, the right of women to make a decision. Uh, these are medical decisions. Uh, they are deeply personal. Uh, women find themselves in a range of circumstances. And this issue has been far too politicized. And we're witnessing right now the chaos that ensues as a result of that. And women right now who may be facing a miscarriage in some cases are wondering what will happen and how will they have to explain that. I think that's deeply problematic. There are enough politicians piling into the rooms of patients and I don't plan to join them. But just to clarify, in your opinion, God gave us a choice in regards to abortion. I, I, it is apparent that God has given us a range of choices, and the people of Georgia have a choice right now about who they think should represent them in the Senate. And, and may I have to respond? Mr. Walker, we do have to move on to our next this topic. This will be very short, very short, because he's correct. God gave us a choice. But also within the Bible, if you read the Bible more, God said, choose life. In the Bible, it says, I give you a choice. Just like Adam and Eve had a choice, but they chose death. Very and quick, God says you Very choose. Quick. Mr. Walker, we need to I, move I, forward. I think he wants to arrogate to politicians more power than God has. All right, gentlemen, thank you. We're going to have to move on to our next topic, okay? Wow. Tina? <laughs> Look, <laughs> there you have it. So this, in this whole choice thing, he's saying that, that God gives us a choice to kill our unborn babies? Like, he didn't want to straight out come out and say that, but it seems to me this is what he's saying. That, no, 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 Mr. Warnock, it's already fixed what God says about the unborn, about life. That is precious, that he has made in his image and likeness. That there's a sanctity to life. So the, the, the choice, so, and then the moderators say, so you're saying that God gives us a choice on abortion? As a pastor, man, he should be like, no, it's already fixed what God has said about life. That we don't have the right to kill our babies outside of the womb, in the womb. We don't have that right. But no, you have this pastor, Raphael Warnock, <laughs> who is dancing around the issue like, oh, you know, it's apparent that God give us choices. And look, Herschel Walker came right behind him and said, if you read your Bible, if you read your Bible more, you know, <laughs> choose life. The Bible says choose life. So you have the pastor leading people astray. Whereas you have the politician who is saying the right things, who is like standing for what God would stand for on this issue. It's egregious. These people's churches should be empty, but they're not because a lot of people, they want to hear this stuff. It tickles their ears. But man, people should be making uh, exodus from these churches, from these pastors. They call themselves pastors who are, are teaching and espousing these things. 
I have one more clip for you. Now, I have to say this. See, in the political realm, especially as, as, as it pertains to, to uh, the black community, they will see Herschel Walker as a, they will call him Uncle Tom. They don't really even know what Uncle Tom is about. They will see him not as being black for real. That's how they see him. <laughs> That's how they see me. That's how they see so many people. Uh, not, they're not really black. And so you have that in there. They don't see Herschel Walker as being a black guy. They, they see him as being, oh, he sold out to the man. Oh, they're, they're pulling his chain. But they are the real puppets. They are the real puppets. They are going along with the flow of what this whole, you know, narrative is, this agenda. They are the ones. But I want to play this clip from Pastor Jamal Bryant. And y'all say, oh, Jamal Bryant, I don't know. Look, again, these people need to be called out, man. This is egregious to God. To God. And they are in these mega churches, all these people. And I want you to listen closely. So he's going to uh, uh, speak towards, you know, the whole Raphael Warnock versus Herschel Walker race. Here's Jamal Bryant. Ladies and gentlemen, when the Republican Party of Georgia moved Herschel Walker from Texas to Georgia so that he could run for Senate, it's because change was taking too fast in the post-antebellum South. The state had been flipped blue, and there are some principalities that were not prepared for a black man and a Jewish man to go to Senate at the exact same time. So they figured that they would delude us by picking somebody who they thought would in fact represent us better with a football than with a degree in philosophy. They thought we were so slow, that we were so stupid, that we would elect the lowest caricature of a stereotypical broken black man as opposed to somebody who is educated and erudite and focused. Y'all ain't ready for me today. Since Herschel Walker was 16 years old, white men been telling him what to do telling him what school to go to, where to live, where to eat, where to buy a house, where to run, where to sit down, where to sleep, where to pay for abortions, where to buy a gun. And they, you think they not going to tell him how to vote? In 2022, we don't need a walker. We need a runner. We need somebody who going to run and tell the truth about January 6th. We need somebody who going to run and push for the cancellation of student loan debts. We need somebody who going to run and make the former president respond to a subpoena. We don't need a walker. We need somebody who will be steadfast unmovable, always abounded, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Georgia, I need you to know, the slave Negroes y'all are used to don't live here no more. We can think for ourselves, function for ourselves, and vote for ourselves. Why? Because we don't need a walker. <laughs> we can think for ourselves, we can Vote for us. Man, you're a puppet. You are a puppet. <laughs> you are a puppet. You can't do nothing for yourself. You're doing, you're, you are spouting the narrative of the left in church. In church. 
as a as a pastor, as a preacher, you are saying that, man, you guys better vote for Warnock. We know where he stands. I'm just talking about this one issue. And you heard all the people in the background, oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're eating it with a big cooking spoon, man. They're like, and it's sad to me. It's sad to me. I, my heart cannot be calloused towards those people because it's sad to me that they're being duped by a lie, by the enemy. And you have this guy up there preaching, huffing and puffing, uh, and all this stuff. Come on, man. Hyping them up to go to their own demise, turning them to their own demise. It's sad. These are charlatans. These are people who are professing to be pastors and shepherds who are deceiving many, many people. They are operating in what is called skin color idolatry. That's the way that you can continue to dupe these people because no matter what truth is being told, they're always being sucked in by race. Oh, they, they, these people don't mean us no good. You know, the Negro today, we don't. Come on, man. You are operating in skin color idolatry. And then you heard what I said about Atlanta. These pastors are in Atlanta. Atlanta is home to one of the highest LGBT populations per capita, which uh, in 19, which is 19th in the major U.S. Po- uh, metropolitan areas. So what are they preaching in their church about sexuality? What are they preaching in their church about homosexuality? And, and that, are they saying that it's a sin? Are they, I bet you they're not. These are the, like the gatekeepers. And there's, they're, they're not leading the people into a place of holiness, but destruction. Now, I want to read a couple of scriptures. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 1 through 4. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the shepherds who are attending my people. You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not attended to them. Behold, I am about to attend to you for the evil of your deeds, declares the Lord. Then I myself will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them and bring them back to their pasture. And they will be fruitful and multiply. I will also raise up shepherds over them and they will tend them. And they will not be afraid any longer, nor be terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. Look, the word of the Lord needs to come to these pastors, these prophets, these ones who have voices. You are not doing what God is instructing you to do by leading people to destruction. Hear me clearly. You are working for the devil. You are working on behalf of Satan. There were false prophets and false shepherds back then in the Old Testament. There are false prophets and false shepherds today. And you heard a couple of them as I played these clips. Look, we can't back down and just tell them the truth. If you find yourself in one of these churches, man, go ahead and leave. Leave. Don't let these people lead you to destruction. They're telling you the exact opposite of what God says about life, about sexuality, right? About family, about marriage. The exact opposite. We have to leave these churches. There should be a mass exodus from places like this. 
But sadly enough, because of skin color idolatry, these places are packed and full. This has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. We'll be back tomorrow, but until then, God bless.